1: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen when the snow lay round about deep and crisp and even Brightly Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Though the frost was cruel Well, you know, there's been a lot of college football this weekend. We saw the championships. It's Sunday. We're going to air this on Sunday, and um, within sports, obviously, community service is a big deal, and I think alongside Ray Negron, another person that understands that very well is my Sunday podcast, Nick Singh. My goodness, we're buddies for the last four or five years, it feels like, and we're finally on a podcast and videocast together.
0: Thanks for joining me, man. Thank you for having me, Alex. I really appreciate it. Now, where
1: we're catching you is at your office at the uh, Boys and Girls Club, right, in uh, yep. Hicksville. And the pandemic did stop a lot, but you are showing through your Instagram and through your social media and your endeavors, community service has not stopped. So this holiday season, let's kick it off right there. How has, how have you been helping out in the community amidst a very, you know, tough time in America right now?
0: Yeah. So, you know, um, well, the first thing you said, it's, it's such a tough time for a lot of people, Alex. And, uh, you know, unfortunately with everything that's going on, um, I was limited to doing a lot. But for me, it's like, I have to come up, like, I just have this, this, I guess, feeling in me where it's like, you know what, the holidays is coming. There's way mm-hmm. too many families that are in need right now. I have to figure out a way. And I made it a mission of mine to figure out a way to bless those and help those who are in need. Um, and so I actually think this past month, I've done the most holiday given, giving than mm. I've ever done in prior years. Um, But I don't like using the word I, I should say the word we, because I've had a lot of teams and sponsors from different organizations that has volunteered and helped me out throughout this whole holiday season thus far.
1: Well, I know that you have some kids that met some very, very, you know, popular people, celebrities and whatnot. Um, So tell us how these partnerships uh, got you through the season in making these opportunities happen.
0: Yeah, so every year um, we always adopt families, um, like boys and girls clubs and stores, like in the local area. Uh, we have families that are in need, and they basically send us a wish list and their clothing size, and we get people to sponsor their families. Um, and we do we do quite a quite amount every year. I would say the last more than a few years, maybe four, five, six years, uh, we've been doing it, and uh, every year the number has increased. And so this year. Um, at first, it started off pretty slow with the stores because you know not a lot of people are going into the stores to either donate to a toy drive or a coat drive. Um, and you know, a lot of people have been struggling, and businesses have been struggling financially, and so the, you know it's very hard looking for sponsors. And the sad part is, more families have reached out to me for help than years prior. So I yeah. was just sitting here. And I used the power of social media, and um, you know, with a lot of contacts, a lot of my friends, and you know, mm-hmm. I organizations that I'm part that I'm part of, I reached out to a lot of people, and I asked them, "Hey, like, I have this family that's that has this need. This is their story. Would you wanna help? You know, between your friends and your family, to sponsor this family?" Mm-hmm. And it went from one organization to the next, to the next, to the next and i i can't count like i would say we easily handed out like over a thousand toys we've Amazing. adopted tons and tons of families uh you know more than prior years um and it's just been a blessing um you know and we've it, it was more than just surprising families with gifts it was like redecorating a family's home to putting food on their dinner table um and every year we would just get them random gifts and stuff, but this year we were actually able to complete actual wish list of children, um, to where they send us exactly what they want, whether it's a video game, a toy, uh, certain clothes, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and we were able to complete a, a tons. I more than dozens. I would say about fifty wish lists Um, wow. to the exact gifts that they wanted for Christmas um which was really cool some of the kids opened up their gifts earlier in front of of us and a lot of their reactions were oh my goodness I got you know this this game that I wanted or this toy that I wanted and it was just so priceless to see their their reaction it was it was it 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 doesn't get old Alex that feeling of that happiness of a child especially with what's going on For children this year with school and staying home and not seeing their friends and dude it's it's been a it's been a beautiful month so far we're not done yet
1: no heck no we're still a few days away from Christmas let alone that um as you say the zoom world is so difficult for kids today so how would you say the boys and girls club and your efforts kind of made them an escape in what some seems to be a very inescapable 2020.
0: Yeah. So, you know, when we closed back in March, it was very devastating for a lot of my teenagers at the Boys and Girls Club, Um, you know, because, you know, the Boys and Girls Club is like a second home to some of these guys, if not their first. Um, You know, I was a Boys and Girls Club member and, you know, growing up and I I can't imagine if this were to happen at that time that I was going to school. And if I didn't have this place, I would be devastated, you know, and so I knew a lot of these kids came here to to use this place as like an outlet. You know, um, and to find like a good source for them to just get their mind off of things and to hang out with their friends and stuff. So, when this whole thing happened and we closed down, uh, we kind of just figured out ways that we can turn everything to virtual. Um, And we spent as much time with the kids uh, virtually, um, you know, helping them with their homework, adjusting, you know, throughout the whole changes and stuff. and it, it, I'll, I'll be honest, Alex, it was, it wasn't easy at first, you know, a lot of kids mm. were struggling with school, you know, even their mental capacity of everything that they were going through struggling with, um, being at home and not seeing their friends and stuff. It was very hard for a lot of these teenagers to um, adjust um, mm. when you get everything taken away from you like that. Yeah. Um, you know. So at first it was tough, but I'm so proud of my teenagers. They, you know, they stuck through it, you know, between me and my staff and we worked together, uh, throughout the pandemic, um, you know, these kids, you know, we, we stuck with them side by side, day and night. Oh. Um, and then when we reopened over the summer, um, it, it was like, you know, it, it it was, it was pretty cool to see them coming back. Of course, we follow CDC guidelines and we still do on to this day, <laughs> sure. um, but um, you know, everything is, is is slowly, you know, not uh, basically like coming back, you know, to mm. where we would like it to be. Um, we're we see our kids, the kids come in, uh, pretty much every day, and you know now they have this outlet back. Um, and Look, I gotta um, ask you,
1: I gotta ask you though, you know, I think the way the commercials are about the Boys and Girls Club, it's all fun and games. But as you're showing us, and I guess it's. Been, it's not all fun and games. So what other services besides, you know, the recreational stuff um, that people may not know that the Boys and Girls Club offer and that you help out with?
0: Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm the program director over at the Hicksville Boys and Girls Club, but I've actually worked with or partnered with over a dozen Boys and Girls Club. It's a national organization, as sure. you know, Alex. And uh, so they're all over the place. And um, what people see, the commercials and stuff, yeah, it's a rec program. We do activities and trips and have fun. It's like a summer camp and then a rec after school program as well. But, you know, we offer tutoring services. We offer homework help. We offer mentoring programs. We have educational programs. We have sports programs. So there's a lot of different things that we offer based off of just regular activities and, um, you know, trips and stuff. Um, but we offer programs to where if we see a kid that's in need or it's la- they're lacking in some sort of, I guess, yeah. uh, well, first of all, everybody, every child is in, in need of something, right? right? And so we try to be very open to different possibilities and options for kids that can join a certain program, um, you know, and, and all, all of our counselors here, um, including myself, we're labeled also as a youth development professional. Basically, that's kind of like, you know, a mental counselor, a mental health counselor to where we sit down with the kids and we talk to them about issues that are going on and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's fun. We have such a good time and stuff like that. But I have kids that they'll come in and I can look right at their face and say, yeah, you're having a bad day. You know, I'm here. You want to talk later? We can talk later, you know, and if not, like, let's just have some fun. Let's get their mind off of things. Um, well, I was going
1: to say so, and, the, and I guess the, so for the fun part, the mental health aspect is huge because you don't want them also to ruin others' experiences so that you get to them right away. It sounds like if you notice that,
0: yeah, absolutely, because hmm. you know, I, I I think our teenagers know this about me is I'm very heavy on like the no bullying zone. Like I don't want to see any bullying, and and I also realize too that bullying sometimes comes from what's going on outside of the club. So not necessarily Uh that the kids are bullies, it's just they're taking it out on others because they're hurt themselves. So when I start seeing that type of behavior, I try to attack that from the very beginning um, because uh, not only do I want to protect them, but I also want to protect the others and the environment as well because we try to, you know, our slogan is a positive place for kids. So we we try to continue to keep that mentality of being a positive place for kids Every single day, as long as we, you know, we're here.
1: One of the first involvements of Boys and Girls Club for me was when we went up to Kips Bay Boys and Girls Club with Ray Negron. And that segues Mm -hmm. into, did Ray, seeing what he's done in the community, inspire you to do this with the Boys and Girls Club? Was he an influence right through this?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I actually um, started the Boys and Girls Club before I met Ray. Um, you know, and, and Ray, I know does do a lot with the Kip Spade Boys and Girls Club. Mm -hmm. And so when Ray and I, uh, partnered together, we met, and we partnered, um, yeah. You know, one thing with Ray is that he, he, he's taught me to keep going no matter what circumstance comes in your way. Cause Mm unfortunately, you know, of course, I mean, we all run into challenges, you know, no matter what Mm -hmm. it is, even when we're giving, sometimes we do run into obstacles, you know? And so for Ray, it's kind of like. I learned that mentality when I see Ray is that, you know what? He always says, Nick, just get it done. Just do what you got to do. Just get it done, you know, and, and just go with it. And so for him, you know, he definitely, you know, although I started doing a lot of giving um, with not just Boys and Girls Kabbalah, you know, with Make-A-Wish Foundation and all other organizations, you know, I started all of this before I met Ray, but when, but that was a catapult to my relationship with Ray, because when Ray and I met, and we were both doing community service it's like oh like let's see how we can do how we can collaborate together and we kind of just feed off of each other you know he does mm-hmm. something i i help push him i help how i help him however and whatever he mm-hmm. needs to, uh you know for help and vice versa right. you know and so he's definitely been an inspiration to me and and more importantly a motivator for me to keep That's on beautiful. going
1: i think he's been that for everybody in his sphere so we're always thankful for ray Hey Nick, you, you know you mentioned Make a Wish, and again, when you think of boys and girls club, you don't think of a wish list that they have. So, how how do you guys draw in people to say, "Yeah, we can make your wishes come true as well"?
0: Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, with with the Make a Wish Foundation, um, it, it's I think you know with Make a Wish, it's it's yep. you know children battle, battling critical illnesses, right? So I've I've been part of the Make a Wish Foundation for the last five years. Um, I've I'm one of the wish granters for not only Suffolk County chapter, but also Beautiful. the five boroughs of the city and Nassau County as well. So I am pretty much in a heavy area, um, and a very fast paced area to where I'm granting wishes. And so, um, you know, it, it's tough because when I first started, you know, it's you know, these kids are, are sick. And, you know, you come in and you build a relationship with the kid and the family and stuff. And psychologically, it's like, oh, like, you're, you'll see things and you'll hear things that are very uh, nerve wracking. Um, you know, it's very, it, it, it just breaks your heart. Um, you know, and people always ask me, like, how do you do it? You know, how do you go from child to child from not knowing, like, you know, if what's going to happen to them, to granting their wish to, and it's not just one child. It's not just one child. I do multiple at a time sometimes mm-hmm. and it's tough. And like, I'll tell you this, Alex, like I've unfortunately lost a lot of kids. I've been at a lot of their funerals. Um And, you know, it, it, it just, yeah, it's tough, but it's like, for me, it's like knowing that I could be the person to bring hope and joy and love in their lasting days. You know, mm-hmm. that's what my mind, on my mind isn't set on oh like I might lose them or I might not hear back from them or whatever it is my mind is all let me see what I can do um as much as I can for my wish child um Mm. and build that relationship with them and and I think that I've 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 grown tremendously with a lot of families still on to this day um you know being at their side through whether it's a hospital visit or Mm. even multiple wishes Oh, excuse me, not multiple wishes, multiple surprises, because after I grant the child for a wish, you know, one thing I do is I don't, I don't like separating myself from a child, I actually continue building that relationship, I still see them, I, I you know, I watch them grow up, um, and if another opportunity comes that I can surprise them in another way, I'll I'll do it, you know, it's not, great. now it's not a make wish, now it's just, you know, myself, you know, going out there and surprising them with a gift, you know, and, um, I think that that's my motivator is to just to continue helping, you know, children, you know, each and every day. And, you know, one last note I want to say is, you know, a lot of my kids always say, like, you know, Nick, you're my hero, you're my hero, but it's like, nah, it's like, you're my hero, you know, it's like, sure. these kids are the hero, like, I that I'm always getting that and it's like, you know, it, as as humbling as it is, and it makes me feel good knowing that I am making a difference in their life, because that's really all I ever wanted to do. All, all I want to do is make a difference. You know, it's just the fact that being able to, you know, bring joy, bring hope, bring love to them. And they're fighting for their, you know, I, I, I think they're the hero out of out of it all. I'm just doing what I'm called to do. Um mm. and, you know, fulfilling whatever is, is needed. And, you know, they're, they're the one who gives me the strength to keep going as well, too.
1: And, of course, Garden of Dreams, they are all in this fight to help kids live a better life. I mean, all of, all of these organizations are just amazing. But, you know, it's kind of interesting you mentioned the, the things we don't see. You know, a lot of people get the wish televised or, you know, on camera, and that's what we see. But the emotional turmoil, you remind me, is, like, very tough because you're probably on the hot in the hospital room with them as i guess doctors are coming in and even you getting treatments i mean do you think we should be telling the story behind the wish a little more to give people more of an understanding
0: you know it, it it really all depends on the 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 family um sometimes the family actually wants it to be as private you know like honestly like when i when i meet the children for the first time Um, And and the family, of course, because I go through their whole whole wish granting process with them. Um, I kind of leave it up to them to share what they want to share, because sometimes it's very hard for families to share about their, you know, their child's story and and everything that they're going through. And um, of course, too, with the media and stuff like that, sometimes it's hard for them to even, you know, showcase it on media. So, I mean, I'm sure you see some of my work. I'm sure you see me typing up some of the kids' stories. And even in some of my videos, you know, some of the families are open to sharing what their child is going through and what the family's going through. Um, However, like everything with that is all Um, permission-based. That's whatever whatever the family is comfortable with sharing um, and if they're comfortable with it. And uh, yeah, we utilize that story to inspire others. I think that's what it is too, is the fact that like, yeah, like we all face, we all have a giant that we're facing, you know? And Mm -hmm. so if- Face this giant, um, and we can use this story and our, our story um, to inspire others who are also facing the same giants that we are, you know, I think that's mm-hmm. why we go through what we go through, is the fact that, yeah, you're not going through it because the world hates you. No, no, no. You're going through it because I believe that you can conquer it, and you can beat that giant, so you can tell other people how you did it, and you can mm-hmm. help those who are facing and i think that's that's the that's the initial you know um purpose of sharing a story and putting it on media it's not it's to, it's to really inspire those who are also walking in your same shoes as well of course the wish
1: is fun but during the process from what you're telling me it sounds like it, it can be grueling how do you yourself kind of decompress after a day of maybe going to the hospital or maybe seeing what you're seeing
0: oh man um you know, I've I've been asked this before and uh, it, it's not easy. Actually, a couple of days ago, um, one of uh, my wish kids, he got rushed to the hospital and then they had to transfer, transport him to um, up in Connecticut. <laughs> and so for me, it's like I texted mom and I'm like, hey, mom, uh, you want me to come? Like, I, I'll drive up. There. Like, it, it's just. It, it's not easy, you know, it's I, I've had situations where. You know, I remember, I'll I'll tell you an example. I remember a story of a 17 year old I had, um, he was graduating. I had, I had granted his wish already, you know, his wish was already taken care of. And then his graduation came up and I was, I was putting together a huge like graduation surprise party for him. And it was supposed to be on a Saturday over the summer. And um, I remember a few days earlier, I was out in Manhattan with a couple teenagers and, Mm. uh, actually meeting some of their uh, favorite athletes. I was with some athletes at that time in the sports world. We were meeting some of them, and I received a text from grandma saying, hey, you know, he's not doing well. Um, You know, would you like to, you know, come see him and stuff, and of course, it's like, for me, it's like, this is how my days are, Alex. Like, a lot of people think, you know, Nick is doing fun, cool stuff, but Sometimes I'm up like four or five in the morning, I get home 11, 12 at night, and my days are kind of just like, I'm always either on a go, or I have to adjust like that, and mm. react really quickly, because it's like, you don't know what's going to happen. And so mm. when Grandma texted me that day, I was like, okay, Now my mind is, okay, let me see if I can readjust my schedule for the day. Meanwhile, I'm in Manhattan and they live way out east of Long Island. So, and I have teenagers with me and I had work in between and projects to do. So it's like, now I have to react to it. You know, I I can't worry. I have to be, you know, strong and just react to, you know, what's happening right now. And so I'm changing up stuff. I, I brought the kids back home safely from the city. And then I bolted right out east and um, grandma actually told me that he's been sleeping all day. He was home at that time and um, he was basically on a, on a tank. And so um, when I walked in, you know, he actually woke up and uh, we had a conversation, um, you know, and it was just so, you know, I, am I, it, I'm battling emotions right now because it, I, I'm getting the chills right now just thinking about this. But my conversation with him was so touching, and you know it was something that like we were just talking about how much we love each other, care about each other. He was saying thank you for everything, and I got to hang out with him, and here I am looking past all the tubes and everything mm. that attached to him, and I'm just focusing on his soul, so to speak, beautiful child, the soul you know, and I'm just talking to him. And grandma texted me later on that day, or if not throughout the night, because I visited him in the evening. She texted me throughout the night, and I saw in the morning that uh, he had passed away. And that he was, I was the last person that had a conversation with him. Um And the family was just so thankful that you know, right after I visited him, um, you know, I sat in my car. And I just took like five to 10 minutes to just kind of like debrief, because emotionally, for me, it could it could be devastating. And this is just one story I'm sharing with you, Alex, but I can't count how many times where I've, I've, I've held a kid that wasn't doing well, um, holding on to their hands, praying for them. um, You know, and it's just one after the next. And it's like, although it's hard i try to look at the bigger picture you know somebody has to be there to bring that hope joy love and i'm i'm honored that make a wish believes in me and trust me to be that person in all their kid's life you know to not only grant their wish but to build a relationship with them you know yeah. throughout you know their their time here on earth
1: yeah. nick it's it's interesting to hear this other side because what we see sometimes is your smile and your upbeat, and you're so positive with these stories that it's like wow i you sometimes lose track of the other side of it, so thank you for pulling back the curtain on this now, one big organization I think you and I are both familiar with is the Henry Viscardi school, and believe it or not as you as you were telling the story, I have thought of those, you know. Just last week, I honored the passing, 15th year passing of Scotty Pollock, who was 17 years old, played basketball with no arms, played with two legs, is two legs, and, you know, he had a brain aneurysm at 17. It, no one saw this coming. But so our school has dealt with loss a lot. But also you and Ray and even Glaver Torres came out to Viscardi one night for sports night and brought joy. I mean, I was so excited to see that the Yankees, and my alma mater, Henry Viscardi School. I mean, two places that have brought me in, too. Like, they're partnering. Like, that was the cool thing to see. And I think you were there that night. So what did you get your – what impression did you get of sports night?
0: Yeah, that was, that was a, a night that I'll never forget, you know. Um, I was so honored to be there that night and to understand about what the Viscardi Center is all about. You know, it's just another organization that mm-hmm. works with kids and people that are in need that have um, – In the underlying and, you know, medical uh, conditions. And so, you know, being a part of that night, you know, that fundraiser, seeing all the stars and the celebrities out there, seeing all the sponsors and the donors that came out to a beautiful dinner and just the Mm. speech alone were very, very, very touching. Um, You know, it was like one after the next, you know, all of these people were talking about how much the Viscardi Center really made an impact in their life. And it's like, this is why the Viscardi Center is there. You know, yes, we know, they know that they don't know how long, you know, people are going to last. No, first of all, nobody knows how long, we're, you know, we're going to last. But, you know, when you're in a medical condition that's pretty severe, it's like, you know, you're basically antsy. You know, you're 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 understanding that, oh, man, like, you know, this is an emergency situation. And so, you know, understanding that what the Viscardi Center did that night. Um, yes, I was alongside, you know, Raina Grown and uh, Gleybar Torres as well was very, very nice enough to come out and say a speech and just to hang out with all the kids and sign autographs and take pictures. It's, you know, it's so cool to see Yankee players coming out and like, and like just showing their positivity uh, in these places. It's almost like, you know, they, you know, they're, they're on a pedestal right now. First of all, you're playing for the Yankees, you know, it's like all on oh, that brand right there, it's, it's obviously we all know about who the Yankees are. And so when you see a Yankee player come out and they become that, oh, you know what? Let me let me hang out with some people, you know, that look up to me. You know, a lot of people that day like looks up to Glaybar Torres. They're a huge fan of Glaybar. Right. So to, you know, to see, see Glaybar hang out with people, say his beautiful speech, take some photos and do everything that a player should be doing. Um, you know, inspiring others and helping those, you know, it's, it was a very, very touching night. Definitely a night that I'll, I'll never forget.
1: Well, Jojo Starbuck, who I miss dearly. I haven't seen her in a couple of years, although I did see her earlier in January uh, at the NHL event, which was also a big week, the same week as the Munson dinner, but Jojo always put on this choreographed show. And we've had athletes like Jim Abbott, Goose Gossage, uh, Yankee Wise, Tom Seaver, Keith Hernandez. all these guys have come out, some have been in the play with us. I mean, those those nights always stick in the memory because of, wow, these guys are taking their time as athletes to give back to the community, and that's always special to see. And I know, Nick, that a kid, a couple of kids that make an impression from there, Christopher Alvarez and Sammy uh, Tavares, you know, he works with the Yankees too, and he's out there. I mean, those two you guys really welcomed into your family too, so thank you for that.
0: Of course, of course, yeah, absolutely.
1: Now, speaking of sports memorabilia, another thing that was very intriguing to me was like you've got a whole stockpile of stuffed collectibles that you're waiting to get, you know, sold for charity and whatnot. Uh, how do you collect all these game day items and these <laughs> different tickets? Like, how do you do it?
0: You know, you know, it's funny. I actually, um, it. I don't. I'm not a memorabilia collector yet. I have tons, and people always <laughs> say, well how it's just you know i actually worked with a store um i still work with them it's a memorabilia uh company and so all most of the memorabilia it's for business it's for clients it's for people that kind of come into the store and buy them and stuff and then i also have a ton from you know growing up i collected memorabilia but it's like now it's like i don't even some of these yankee players are good friends of mine and i don't even ask them for autographs like you know it's like really collect it's more of like if i am collecting or asking for an autograph it's actually for a gift for somebody you Mm -hmm. know because because, you know with the memorabilia you know again it's like handing a piece of signed equipment to somebody that Mm -hmm. is a huge fan of that player like i i just i realized that wait i can tap in community to memorabilia um Mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you like how many people have asked me hey Nick can you get a video from my favorite player or an autograph or whatever it is and I was able to get it done and their reaction of like the ch- especially like when I give them to children uh, their reaction is priceless and then I started tapping into that world of just memorabilia and how we can add that bonus you know to an, an experience you know hmm. because I also have taken players excuse me I've also taken uh, families and kids to venues and concerts and baseball games and all these basketball games and stuff and um, to add a memorabilia piece to that experience it's kind of like the cherry on top you know Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that for me I always everything that I do Alex whether it is memorabilia and even framing because I've done a lot of framing for memorabilia as well too everything that I do I try to see how I can utilize this skill or this connection that I have to Mm. give back so for memorabilia I give it to those that could use a a smile on their face for for framing you know if somebody has a piece that a special piece that they need framed I could get it done for them um Mm. so I try to figure out ways that I can give back to doing almost anything that I do today.
1: Nick, as you're talking about this, I just think of how everybody made a big deal about the Supermax deal for Giannis in Milwaukee, you know, five year, a million dollars, but he's actually in the community too out there and people really don't really realize that. I don't think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Giannis. I, I actually saw when, when all of this was going on with the pandemic, you know, it, it's, I think I read an article about how much he was helping our our, our, mm-hmm. our, our our frontline workers um you know during the pandemic back in March and April. And you know, it it, it touches my heart to see, you know, for any any player alone Giannis mm-hmm. who's a superstar in NBA um yeah. to go out and give back. And it really I love seeing players who have such star power, and they're put on a very high pedestal, remember where they came from. And you just stay humble throughout their whole process. And, you know, understand that giving back is a huge tool that everybody should be doing, no matter how far you get in life, how successful you are, how much money you make, like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I think everybody, celebrity or not, you know, should have that mindset of how can I leave a legacy behind, you mm-hmm. know, and you know, seeing players like Giannis and, you know, other superstars give back. It's it's really, it's really touching to see those stories. Nick, I know you're
1: not following the sports scene as closely as I, I think I am. Uh, DJ LeMayhew and the Yanks are sort of a bit of a, you know, impasse here. But I don't want to talk about the contract. I want to know the person. And I know you know DJ personally. So what's he like in the community? Has he been out there for the Yankees? Or what? what's his involvement been like?
0: See, DJ, um, I've actually met him once at a baseball dinner. So I actually don't really know him personally. However, I know people who know DJ and um DJ um I rem- well let's put it like this the one time that I met him he made sure that he took pictures with all the kids there that's great and already like first of all there were other athletes there and they were taking pictures too but I remember specifically seeing DJ stopping at every single kid signing an autograph taking photos whatever it is before he went into the room at the back um mm-hmm. so that alone already spoke very loudly for what for where his heart is at um I've heard that he's a very humble, you know, unique Seems quiet, that, yeah. quiet kid. He goes about his business, you know, like, you know, he's a he's a class act. Um and he's obviously one of the best players on the Yankees. Um yeah. hoping that he does return back of course, but the last 2 years he's been on un- unbelievable uh for our team. And so, you know, with DJ, you know, yeah, I I've heard, I've heard nothing but great things about DJ. Just a quiet dude just loves to help people. Um, and you know, if, if, if there's an opportunity for him to give back to a child, he'll do so.
1: It sounds like, and that, that's great that he was, you know, taking that time for the kids. Cause remember at that point, he was like a almost King of New York a couple of years ago. Like he was the man he still is, yeah. but you know, back then he was like just got on the scene and his first season was a breakout year in New York, which I don't know how many people expected to be honest, but, but, but we got a great year out of him in another year last year. Hey, I- you know, Obviously, from what you've told us about the kids and the families, there's a grimness to this that I don't think can be ignored yet you're helping them see this through the grimness, but I have to believe the parents also help the kids see through the grimness, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean parents play such a pivotal role in their in their child's life you know i mean i I, I don't norm I don't only just work with kids that have you know illnesses and stuff i I work with kids who have you know troubles at home, you know troubled mm. home life you know and i i've worked with kids who don't have a mom or a dad and stuff and so i understand you know that, that that how hard that can be and so you know parents you know they do play such a pivotal role in their child's life you know and so you know not only do we try to work with the child but you know if the opportunity comes up to where we can also work with the parent as well um you know helping you know raise this child or this teenager and understanding you know, hopping into a teenager's mindset nowadays, versus, Mm. it's very, very different, it's two different worlds that are colliding. And so, you know, I think that once you kind of understand both sides, and you kind of, kind of bridge the gap, you know, between some of these, you know, relationships, I think it's just, it's just beautiful to see, you know, uh, how, you know, relationships could be formed um, beautifully, Mm -hmm. a mom and dad to a father, uh, excuse me, to a son and a daughter.
1: It's uh, it's quite moving. I mean, it, it, at the Games for Physically Challenge every year in Nassau County, I get to see the kids come out with their parents and then the schools come in. It's just, it's something you'd never forget. Um, yeah. Nick, I've got to say, though, as we're seeing the bright lights of Christmas and we're seeing all the shininess and you're doing all these great things, what's your message in a year of COVID and a year of feeling like there is no light at the end of the tunnel to parents that are still worried about their kid and to people in general who are worried What's your message this holiday season that, yes, we all can get through this
0: uh, together? I mean, you just said it. We can all get through this together. I think that this is a year where, you know, we all need to unite. You know, there was a lot of division this year. There was a lot of um, just uneasiness, you know, throughout the year um, with, you know, everything that's been going on. And I think that this is the year that we should be uniting the most. You know, we should Mm -hmm. come together and we should just build each other up. You know, and so I say the first thing is to just continue to help one another, um, to think positive. I know it's much easier said than done, especially with what's going on. But you know, I I was struggling too in the beginning of the pandemic. But something that I learned is like other people are other people have it worse. Mm. So I I didn't stop myself from doing what I knew I should be doing, which was to go out there and to help families and feed families and drop off groceries and whatnot and I I love to see people, you know, the community, even when everything is going, it seems like everything is going downhill, of course, with the world that we live in, you know, we can make it beautiful again. And it starts it starts with us. That's the crazy thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, like there, there's an illness going around and all these, divi- this division and stuff. But I really think that it starts down here. And once you figure out who you are, you know, and once you figure out, like, you understand that, okay, I'm struggling in these areas. And I should go seek help. And I should understand that other people are not only walking my walk, but also are going through worse. You know, when you understand that you're not alone, and you put two and two together, and you multiply the giving it, it's, it spreads, man, like positive energy spreads, man, it's just mm-hmm. us, us coming together and really just making a difference. So that message really is to just, you know, be kind to one another, be compassionate, show love, just smile, like, you know, we, people know, people, people, there are, there are people out there that care about you, that love you, that wants to be there for you, so just let people, you know, you know, let people into your life, right, Mm -hmm. like, just let people into your life, don't be afraid to ask for help, you know, because some people Mm -hmm. are, are, are afraid to do that, and I think that, you know, it's so beautiful to see people coming together and forming something beautiful, even with everything that's going on this year.
1: And I I, I take that to heart because I know that for you, probably having blocked access in some way also because of the COVID has been tough on you. And yet here you are in December, thriving off of giving. And I just,
0: I want people to get that energy too, to thrive off giving back. That's yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, you know there were there were there were a lot of people that asked me if they can join some of my projects that I was doing, especially this past month. And unfortunately, like my normal answer would be like, "Oh yeah, just come. Like here's my here's my schedule. Here's all the projects that I'm doing. Here are the dates, the times, the locations. Just just come join me." Uh, and obviously, with everything that's going on, I, I'm I'm limited to certain people, number of people, and you know with all the social distancing and stuff, but whenever I have the opportunity to bring not only people, but I love seeing teenagers give back. You know, we did a Christmas surprise last weekend and I had a bunch of teenagers. there helping me with the Christmas surprise. Cool. You know? And I think that, you know, those are the things that those, that they'll never forget, you know, yeah. is it power of giving, you know, especially for young people, you know, so I, uh, you, you work with what you have, you know, and I, I think that, you know, that's, that's, that's the bottom line, you know?
1: Hey, Nick, this has been really awesome. And I'd love to have you back on as the season progresses and then into January or whatnot. And as things progress. So, and with the vaccine here, hopefully that eases some limitations to where we can all join you on your journey again. And that would be great. Um, it stinks. Usually I see you guys like twice a year at this point, because we're at the bat boy, but you know, yeah. we we're at least able to see each other at the Yankee stadium grounds. It's great. That was a great day. So hopefully we get
0: to see each other again very soon. Absolutely, Alex. It's always a pleasure seeing and you, bro. And
1: I want to I thank you because you helped me break out of my shell. I mean, people don't, people know that we took a picture with Michael K, but you were like, yeah, go up to him. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go. So thank you for encouraging me along the way this
0: journey too. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, man, absolutely. You know, bro, I, I'm on your podcast right now, your show. And I'm first of all, I'm honored to be a part of this, but you know I'm always here for you whenever you need it, man.
1: And uh, we are here for you. Speaking of that, connecting. How do we connect with you? And how can people find out more about what you're doing?
0: Yeah, right now, you know, I'm 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 getting a website being built right now with all the work that I do. People can kind of join me and stuff. But in the meantime, you can just follow me on Instagram. It's nicksing7. It's N I C K S I N G H then the number 7. You can reach out to me on there. Um DM me, message me, see all the work that I do and, you know, stay in touch with me. If you need if anybody needs help, please feel free to message me.
1: Well, on the last weekend of Advent, I think it's very fitting to have you on to talk about this aspect of the holiday season so thanks so much for joining me tonight
0: awesome thank you so much god bless you bro take care
1: god bless you i'm alex garrett we'll talk to you soon nick that was perfect man
0: 18 plus.